Hi, thank you for listening to Trinity San Diego Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in with us, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message will encourage you. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, you can partner with us to reach others by investing at trinitysandiego.org. Thanks once again. Now here's Pastor Todd. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. This has been the baseline for our collection of talks titled Clean Slate. So week number one, uh, Katie kicked it off. She talked about forgiveness. It's on the podcast. I encourage you to go check it out. Um, week two, uh, we talked about purpose. Um, I talked about purpose. It was a great way for, we, we believe in four things where you know God, you find freedom, you discover your purpose, and you make a difference. And so we want to encourage you that you can make a difference, uh, and we wanted to encourage you in your purpose. And week number three, last week, Katie talked about relationships, and now we are in week four, and I'm really excited about the topic we were going to talk about. Uh, so let's the scripture. It's found in Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. It says, forget the former things. Everyone say, forget. Forget Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Everyone say, new thing. thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Then, if you have your Bibles, uh, flip over to Galatians. It will also be on your screen, but Galatians, uh, just one simple verse, verses, uh, or ver- chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Let us not become we- weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. Today the title of my message is, Going Steady. Look at your neighbor and say, Going Steady. Hopefully you didn't ask them to go steady. That could be weird in church. Uh, Anyways, well, let's pray. This is going to be a long prayer. Jesus, be with us. Amen. Amen. How many have ever quit something? Thank you, Alan. How many have ever quit something? Come on, you're in church. You might as well tell the truth. Uh, We've all started something. Maybe it was uh, a sport when you were a kid. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was a friendship. Maybe it was a job. You you might have quit something from time to time. Well, I... Katie oftentimes has great stories about me, and so I get the opportunity to have a great story about her. Are you ready for this? All right, so uh, Katie... um, in her family, they're all a family of athletes. Her sister went to college and played soccer. One of her brothers went to college and played baseball. Uh, Katie um, really is not the athletic type. And it's kind of funny that she married me because uh, I just love all things sports and all things active and athletics. And uh, she, that's probably what kind of opposites attract. But what, what was very interesting about Katie is that she ha- was asked by her father, you either need to have a job or you need to go out for a sport. And you think Katie would probably pick the job? Well, I know her motives at the time when she's 16, 17, was she was trying to uh, go and, and maybe, uh, you know, just kind of have this, this different motive where she wanted to go and, and maybe meet some guys and maybe uh, have some friends. And so she decided to go and go out for track. And um, Katie, uh, they asked her to do two things. Run the sprint, the 100-meter sprint, And then they asked her to throw the shot put. (laughs) Do you see my wife's frame? The shot put? Are you kidding me? So uh, she, but but one thing about um, my wife is that when she makes a commitment, she's steady with it. 
And so she was going steady with this commitment. She was going to all the races. She wasn't doing very well. So there was times where there was discouragement. But she'd go to every practice. She'd go to every race. She would compete. She would work hard. Well, it comes to be the last, the last actual meet of the year. And all she had to do was to complete the meet in order for her to get her letter. Simple, right? Simple. Just has to go and complete the meet. Well, um, it was the first thing that she did, and she went and did the 100 meters, and it was at the college there in Bozeman, Montana, Montana State University. Any Go Bobcats. Uh, any Montana State people here? Just checking. Probably on Facebook. Love you, Facebook. Everyone give it up for Facebook. But um, she, so it's at this big stadium, it's at the college, it's like everyone's pumped for this event and for this meet, and so Katie goes and she runs the first race and does not do well, to say the least. She's not happy with her performance, because if you know anything about Katie, Katie wants her performance to always be excellent. That's why I married her, I love the fact that she's a driver, and it's, it's awesome. And so, but the, this one time... Uh, this whole idea of sports got the best of her. And so she ran that first race and was so discouraged, she went over to her coach. She only had one event to do. She had to throw the shot put two times and be done. She could have just literally dropped it, walked out, scratched, and still got a letter. Well, she walked up to her coach, and she goes, Coach, I quit. And like you see this in the movies all the time, but she's like, literally, coach, I quit. I'm not doing it. And the coach is like begging her. He's like, all you have to do is throw the shot but one time. You just have to throw it two times. Even scratch, like step over just so you can get up. He's trying to work every angle to get her to quit or to get her to keep going. But guess what? She decided to quit. And what's interesting about that is that she, uh, although she quit, she still holds on to that. Isn't that interesting about, about our lives is that she still holds on to that and she goes, oh, like, not really, it's not like a deep, dark hurt, but she's like, man, I didn't complete it. When we were talking about it, she literally could tell me, like, every detail, the, the clothes that she was wearing, even how she said it to her coach. And I, I find it so interesting that we're talking about this idea of consistency, and when, you, when you're consistent with something, you're going to complete something, right? Oh, come on, you got to do better than that. We're, we're, we're a church that talks back to one another. When you are consistent with something, things will, will the, the expectation will continue to elevate, but you will uh, end up accomplishing stuff. And I'm reminded here in this passage of Scripture here that we're talking about in Galatians, the Apostle Paul was encouraging the Galatian people to keep going. He was encouraging them, come on, keep going, you got this. And, and Paul is addressing this people group. And what's interesting about this people group, Julius Caesar reportedly said, they are fickle, fond of change, and cannot be trusted. I wouldn't want my people group to be defined as that. Am I right? I would not want that. They, so they're fickle, they're, fond of, or they're, they're uh, fond of change, and cannot be trusted. And so Paul even experienced this firsthand. Because one day, he was, uh, he, he was sitting there, and he healed a man with the power of the Holy Spirit, or through the power of the Holy Spirit, he healed a man in the morning. And then by the evening... Okay, so these Galatian people, they were going and they were worshiping Paul in the morning because he did this tremendous move of God. But then by the evening, according to Acts 14, they were so frustrated with Paul that what they did was they actually took rocks, they threw them at him, they stoned him, they left him outside the city. So think about it. One moment, they are, he, is, he is being worshipped for what he's done. The next moment, they're throwing rocks at him. I think that would be kind of some inconsistent ideas, right? Yeah. Am I right? Like, like Paul, but, but I love Paul's consistency. 
Paul's steadiness. Paul didn't waver, even though they worshipped him in one moment. And I'm not saying that worshipping people is a good thing. Not at all. They were, what, what, what they were doing was they didn't have the right idea or the right theology. Hello. But, but over here, on this other side, they flipped the script on him. But even though that Paul had been stoned with rocks... I find it so fascinating that he still stays consistent with this people group. He still loves them. And so he writes this letter. Even I mean, if someone throws some rocks at me, and people have done some pretty mean things to me before, uh, if someone threw some rocks at me, uh, I probably am not going to write him a letter and say, keep going. I might write him a different letter. Hello. <laughs> Don't hey, you know that you'd probably do the same. But anyway, so but he goes and he's trying to give good news to the people that tried to kill him. So when you look at this passage, Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good. You can't be weary in doing good. For at the proper time. See, this is the thing. At the proper time. At the proper time. At the proper time. It's, you know, ever seen like uh, Bruce Almighty? Was there some proper times that happened? No. When we put the, 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 the idea of God in our life and we try to manufacture a move of God, it always ends up hurting us in the long run. It always ends up hurting us because we, we, we try to, we, 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 we get this idea that at the proper time, we think the proper time is our time. Our, our time is not the proper time. It's God's time that's the proper time because your blessing all of a sudden will change when you reap the harvest at the proper time. And it will be greater than you will even understand or comprehend, right? So, so consistency matters. I think oftentimes the reason harvests don't come is because we're willing to give up or we get bored too soon. That we don't actually stay consistent even when it's hard, even when it's difficult. We look for a new job. Oh, I don't, I'm not happy with the job I'm at. It's not, I'm not getting promoted as fast as, as, as I, I should be. I'm doing all the work. I should be getting promoted. Hello, friend. Maybe you just need to stay consistent. Uh, new house, new car, new friends. Oh, I'm bored with my friends. I want a new friend. I, get in, I, I, I don't want to be consistent with them and those relationships. New, we need new relationships. We need new ministry because I'm bored. I've reached my season. I'm done. Oh, we need a new church. I need to go to a new church because that pastor, oh, that pastor, he does this, oh, worship's too loud. Friend, you need to stay consistent and planted in the house of God. You can never flourish if you're not consistent. You will never flourish anywhere because think about it. If I'm planting a plant and I'm constantly going and setting it in the ground and then in six months I uproot it and move it again in six months, it's never going to actually grow to its full potential. It's when we're planted in the house that all of a sudden we can flourish to see what God wants us to do in our life. It's staying consistent. You know what? The average pastor, okay, the average pastor literally stays at a church 18 months. 18 months. Why? Because at times it's hard work, let me tell you. I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you it's hard work. But when you're, the, the lack of consistency, it's so sad in our churches and in our own lives that we aren't willing to stay consistent for what God really has for us because God rewards your faithfulness. He rewards your faithfulness and consistency. Let me look about, um, let me look at a few scriptures because one thing I want to encourage you, it's not how fast, it's how faithful. It's not how fast, it's how faithful you are. So let's look at a few scriptures. Proverbs 3, 3 and 4 says, Let the love and faithfulness never leave you. That'll speak and that'll preach. Let the love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. 
So that's a reminder. Put it on your neck. Write them on, a tablet, or on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. What is that saying? Faithfulness matters. Consistency matters. Showing up matters. Matthew 25, 21, it says, His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. Excuse me. You have been faithful with few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You see, friends, if God gives you something to be faithful in, a ministry, guess what? You should be faithful in it. Because you don't know what God's going to do and you don't know the outcome that could potentially take place because of your faithfulness in the moment. So when you're standing outside, let's say you hold a parking sign outside and you're saying, we love you, we're so grateful you're here. You're, you have no idea the impact that you could be making. And the Bible says that, it, that, that even if you give a cup of water, a cold water in my name, you're still doing it for me. So God doesn't overlook things that we do. God actually honors things that we do when we're faithful with them. But what oftentimes is we want to have the notoriety. Oh, look what I'm doing. Oh, I'm so great. No. What we need to do is we need to be faithful. And God will honor your consistency. God will honor the, 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 the quiet times when you spend devoted to what he has for you. James 1.12 says it like this. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood... How many have faced a, a trial or a test? Yep. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial and have stood the test. That person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to them or to those who love him. When you're consistent, you'll see results. You need to write that down today. When you are consistent, you will see results. And Paul was practical uh, with the Galatians. And can I be practical with you today? It wouldn't be a message uh, if I didn't weave some football or some working out into it, right? Yeah, right? Right. So, um, I just want to give you some practical examples. It's new because it is the beginning of the year and many people are staying with their New Year's resolutions of trying to get fit and trying to eat healthy, trying to get better. So uh, one thing that I like to do is I like to work out. Uh, I love to work out. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's therapy for me because when I'm ticked off at whatever, I can go and take it out and then my body looks better because I'm working out and I'm healthier. And so maybe some of you need to put that into practice. But part of the problem is that we get impatient. I'm not saying, no, jeez, you guys, you're mean. I'm kidding. But, uh, you like my biceps there, Kate? I'm just, I'm kidding. Uh, we have that best ever, you know, best relationships ever. Come on, you should probably come back next week. It's going to be great. Uh, but working out, part of the problem is with working out is what we do is we, we get inconsistent with it. We start it, we go, and we're like, oh, this is great. I love it. And, oh, you know, and men are the worst at this. They, you know, like what, what they do is they go and they work out, and then immediately the same day they like go in the mirror and they're like, they're like po posing, trying. Don't lie. You know you all do it. Come on. When you work out, you're hoping to see results right away. You're just like, oh, I'm pumping my iron. I'm going for it. But the thing is, is that we oftentimes want a microwave type of working out. We want to go. We want to put, we want to put it in for 30 seconds. And what we want to do is we want to come out hot and healthy. You know, hot and ready. That's not the way that working out has to do with, uh, or consistency has to do with working out. You see, if, you know, oftentimes we go to the gym one time, we come home, we expect to see results. We go to the gym day two, we go home, we expect to see results. And oftentimes we repeat this cycle and quit because, we, uh, because what we are doing can't be measured, thus it means it's not effective. 
Because what we do is we do it for two days, we do it for a week, and we don't see results. And so what we say is, oh, it's not effective then, so I must not be doing it right, or I guess I probably shouldn't even be doing it at all. That's not the case with working out. What you have to do is you have to stay consistent. It's kind of like brushing your teeth. You know, brushing your teeth. If you only went to the dentist twice a year and didn't brush your teeth the rest of the time, you probably would have an issue, right? I'm just saying, but, but what you do is you consistently brush your teeth. And so therefore, when you go to the dentist, hopefully you'll have a good result. It's just like working out. If you're consistent in doing it, if it's 10 minutes a day, if it's 20 minutes a day, I'm telling you to start small. I'm not saying go and get under a 315-pound bench and go for it. No, I'm saying start small. Maybe you just need to go for a walk for 10 minutes. Honestly, start small. Start with where you're at. You don't have to work out and, and go and kill yourself. Be so sore you can't even move the next day. Just get active. Get active. Stay consistent because the more consistent you are, the more results you will see, right? It's very practical. It's very simple. And so uh, I believe that your consistency will equal your effectiveness. When you're consistent with something, you'll see effectiveness. And we can't be effective if we aren't consistent. We, aren't, we can't be effective if we aren't consistent. So, let's go to another thing. Um, some of these things. These are from my home, so you can judge me. I have children, okay? I've been on the keto diet for the last three months, or not three months, three weeks. I wish it was three months. But uh, last three weeks, we haven't had one cheat day, but Katie is, uh, she's pushing, she's ready to go to Las Olas and have some chips and salsa. I just know it. Um, but what happens is, is what you're put in also has to do with your output, right? If I put things that are good, like, like apples and water and oranges and good healthy food in, what is my output going to be? It's going to be healthy energy. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to walk better. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to feel, have that you know, tendency to feel better. If all I do is put junk in my body constantly, okay, sugar, and God has given me a temple, right? Is this a temple? That's what he says in his word. So this isn't Todd's thing. This is God's thing. That this is God's temple that he has given each and every one of us. And I believe that Jesus paid a high price for my body, right? For my soul, right? Do we all agree that? Okay, just checking. Want to make sure you're in. But, but if Jesus has paid a high price for how I am and how I'm living, I should probably give him what he paid for. I'm going to say that again because all of a sudden it went real quiet. <laughs> You better give Jesus what Jesus paid for. And if he paid a high price for you, what you're putting into your body matters. Because that is something that is so that, that, that he has given you as an act of worship. It is your body. He has given you a temple that you get to live and inhabit. And your body will pass away. The mortality rate is 100%. For those of you, I'm so sorry if that's news to you. Everyone's going to die Everyone is going to die. However, what you do with your body right now, right now matters. It's called being consistent. I can't go to round table pizza, although I would love to every single day of my life, and expect me to feel good and look good. I have to be consistent with what comes in so that I can put out what I really have. And then this leads me to my last one. Uh, the Bible, church, prayer, devotions. Uh, consistency matters in these areas. Consistency matters. 
if, and you're like, oh, well, you're the pastor. You're supposed to tell me to come to church every Sunday. You're supposed to tell me to read the Bible. You're no, no, L listen here, okay? I'm just the messenger. I'm telling you what God's principles and practices are. And what I'm telling you is that when you put these principles and practice into play, things change in your life. Amen. Things change in your life. And I believe that when you are consistent with, I, even just a verse, you know, you've heard me say a verse of the day keeps the devil away. You know, just one single verse, maybe, the one, maybe a verse of the day might even put a target on you from the devil. But um, what I'm saying is because you're making a difference. That's the whole goal. But, but I believe that when you you are consistent in these areas of prayer, devotion, staying in church, going and, and being consistent with that. I meet people all the time that they are so faithful to God when hell is breaking loose in their life. Hell is just, oh, it's horrible. Oh, my, my world is crashing down. I've lost my job. My kids are crazy. My friendships are gone. I'm all alone. I feel sick. I'm depressed. I, I, so I hear people, and then you know what? They're the first ones worshiping. They're always on time. They're into it. But when success happens and they are on the mountaintop, guess what? They're like, Okay, I'll come to church every two weeks. I'm good. I'm good. That's it. And the really, I believe that consistency matters. But when you're on the mountaintop, you're consistent. And when you're in the valley, you're consistent. And even when you don't feel like it, you're consistent. And you keep going one foot in front of the other. Even though you're not, you're not making tons of progress, at least you're making progress. And I've never come to church any Sunday. I've never once done this. And come to church, even when I've been the pastor. I've never once come to church and left here. Oh, man, I'm worse than when I came. I've never gone to a connect group and walked in, even though Katie last week was transparent and said that she didn't always want to go to a connect group. And frankly, that's because consistency matters. And when you go, you're getting fed. You know, I can't expect to go and eat once a week and expect to be nourished, right? I can't eat food once a week and expect to be nourished. I can't come to church once a week. I'm, I'm saying this for myself, the pastor. I can't come to church once a week and expect that to fill me up. I need this on Monday. I need this on Tuesday. I need this on Wednesday. I need this on Thursday. I need this on Friday. I need this on Saturday. And then I need to get together with my group of friends on Sunday and we need to worship because you encourage my faith and I encourage your faith. This is a two-way street. We got to do this together. Amen. Come on. And so I believe that you need to create the firm foundation of being consistent. Because I've heard people, they come to church, and they, they, they go, man, I've seen really a change in my children. It's really funny. They're just amazing. They're like well-behaved, and they're going to bed on time, and they're not talking back. And I'll say like, well, what happened? Oh, well, we've come to church the last three weeks. And I'm like, but then they're like, oh, well, we got to miss next week. And I'm like, you're wondering why your kids are better. It's because we have incredible servant leaders that are pouring into your children. And all of a sudden, I see a transformation in my children when I see Stephen and Hillary so faithfully loving on my own children. And so what happens is when you see people that are constant in your children's life, and I will say church, when you are constant in, with, your, with your kids in church consistently every time, you'll see things change. St my, Carter has a story from Stephen lighting his hand on fire that he still talks about for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
Bendigo. And that's what I want my son to have. I want my son and my daughter to be trained up in the ways of the Lord. And that when, he, when they are old, they will not depart from them because I've been consistent in their life. And you know what? We're a little bit more consistent because they're always here. This is like their second home. It's crazy. I mean, like they come in here. If, if Carter were to come in here right now, it'd be a mess. He'd have the chips all over his face and he'd devour the Oreos. And so what, what I'm saying is when you're consistent in church, that things change. When you're consistent in reading your Bible, you want to know why I believe we're seeing miracles take place? It's because people are gathering at 6 a.m. in the morning, praying and fasting, believing. What if you fasted and prayed for your situation more than five minutes? What if you really dove in and you were consistent? You gave God a week and you said, God, I want to see you move in a week. That car story that Katie talked about, that's three and a half years of a miracle in motion. Three and a half years. That's called, just, I, I, just, I had it in my spirit when we first moved here. I said, God, someone's going to give me a car. And, I, and I, I didn't know who it was. I didn't know how it was going to look. But I just said, God, I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to stay faithful with what you've given me. And you gave me this little beater Nissan Altima, which I'm still grateful for. I'm so thankful that God gave me a car. And so I stay faithful with what he's given me. And then who knows what God's willing to do. Amen? Amen. So, uh, I mean, think about this Joshua fighting Jericho. Think about consistency there. Just for a moment. They marched around that wall how many times the first six days? Six. Yep, six. One time each day. And then on that seventh day, they, they, how many times? Let's see, seven times. They went around seven times. So that first day, when they walked around the wall, I don't, they, there was no brick that came out. There was nothing that fell down. There was nothing that took place that, that second day, that third day. You can imagine about day five or six, they're going, Joshua, we're marching, not seeing any results, kind of like the workout thing. We're not seeing any results here. We're marching, 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 but we're not seeing a brick even fall. And what's funny is God gives you unconventional things to do. Who would have thought that shouting on that seventh day would have brought walls down? You see, friends, you don't know what God's going to do in your life when you stay consistent in the little things in your life. Walls could become tumbling down and great things could arise. Amen? Amen. So you might be asking yourself, how can I do this? What are some practical ways? And I have five quick practical ways. Yes, it's quick. It's not going to be long. It's not going to be crazy. It's not going to be tedious. It's going to be five simple ways. So number one, if you're taking notes, I encourage you. Note takers are history makers. So if you take notes, and also you get a better seat in heaven if you do take notes. Um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I want to be close to Jesus. Even if I'm at the back, I just want to be close to him. Anyways, uh, so number one, create healthy habits. Create healthy habits. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10.23 says it like this. We are allowed to do anything. So they say. You know that whole scripture, everything is uh, permissible, but not everything is beneficial. That's this passage. It's just in a different translation. It says, when we allow, uh, we are allowed to do anything, so they say, that is true, but not everything is good. We are allowed to do anything, but not everything is helpful. Friends, what I'm saying is, if, you, if it's not helping, it's probably not good to do, right? Yeah. If it's not helping your personal life, if it's not helping, if it's not creating, if you don't have a healthy habit, it's probably not helping you. So, uh, you know, if you want a good marriage, you probably should invest some time in that. You want to see God do some work in your life uh, and some victory in your life, in your finances. Maybe what you should probably do is go and make an investment with, with Cheryl during financial peace and commit 10 weeks to what God wants to do in your finances. Because if I want to create a healthy habit, what I have to do is I actually have to do it. <laughs> 
you know? We have a lot of people that are good talkers, but not a whole lot of good doers, you know? I mean, like, we actually need to do it. And, and really, um, I can control what I say, I can control what I do, and I can control my actions. And I will say it again, if it's not healthy, it's probably not helping. If it's not healthy, it's probably not helping. And it's, uh, uh, you need to start small with your habits. Um, maybe you want to get more disciplined in your life. Maybe you should just start making your bed every day. Honestly. Like you're like, oh, that's, well, is our, do we want to get to a good result? Well, then you need to start small. If you want to get fit, guess what? Just start walking five minutes a day. 10 minutes a day. Go for a walk. You know, get you outside. Maybe you want to have um, you, a good devotional life and you want to feel that you're close or you want to get close, closer to God. Maybe you should just go and read the Proverbs. There's 31 Proverbs. How many days in a month typically? 31. So you can go and you can read a proverb a day. It's not difficult. They're wise sayings. It's not challenging. Get a translation that's very simple, the message. And when you create those healthy habits, I didn't start doing devotions every day by just all of a sudden going, I'm going to do it. And then, no, what I did was I started small and I made it a priority. Because what, what I notice is when I make things a priority, things get done even quicker. And so I made this a priority. So you got to create healthy habits. Um, number two, number two, you need to focus. Follow one course until success. Follow one course until success. Okay? Very simple. Very practical. Proverbs 4.25 says, Let your eyes look directly forward and gaze straight, or, and, and, and your gaze be straight before you. Friend, find one course of action and reach success in it. Oftentimes what we do is we try to shoot so many things out that we aren't actually pinpointing the target. We need to see the target that's in front of us and go after it. What we, but we get so, oh, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're going here, we're doing all that. No, focus on one thing and get it done. Focus on one simple thing and get it done. Think about a cruise boat. A cruise boat, if it turns, Katie and I are going on a cruise in a couple weeks. Yeah. So what ends up happening is a cruise boat, okay? A cruise boat has a destination to get to, right? Am I right? Okay, now if the cruise boat is, is the, the captain on the cruise boat is standing up there, and all of a sudden he goes and he flips the dial of directional coordinates and he flips it really fast, the boat will actually capsize and it will be a bad situation for every passenger on board. But what happens is this cruise boat, he knows his destination is in sight. He's focused on that one point. So what he does is he turns that dial maybe two degrees, and he knows that he's going to get to this destination in time, but what he's doing is he's focusing on that destination destination so that he can eventually get to the course because he's focusing on one thing until he reaches his success. Many of us need to go and flip the dial 2% one way so that we can focus on one thing to see God move in that, in that action, in that place, and in that time. Focus, people. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, focus. Number three, don't let self-doubt creep in until you accomplish your goal. Don't let self-doubt creep in until you accomplish your goal. James 1.6 says it like this, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. That means you're just, when you doubt, you're just like being tossed back and forth. You're wavering constantly. And there are times where we don't need to waver and let self-doubt creep in to get to our goal. You're going to have to have a little bit of perseverance. My dad would always say the only difference between a stumbling block and a stepping stone is how high you lift your foot. Lift your foot up and get to the next level. And I believe that doubt kills more dreams than failure. Self-doubt kills more dreams 
than failure will ever. Because you know what failure actually means? Is you're actually trying it. Doubt means you're not even doing it. You got to do it, friend. Winston Churchill says it like this. You'll never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. (laughs) Honestly. Think about that. If you're constantly throwing stones at your self-doubt constantly, you're never actually going to move forward. You're only going to stay in the same place. And I don't know about you, but I don't really like stagnant water that just sits in the same place. I want to I go to a stream that's flowing because I know that that's healthy and I can drink from it. But when I'm sitting in the same place, I'm not actually being successful. I'm just sitting here. I'm not getting worse. I'm not getting better. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says that you're neither hot nor cold or you're lukewarm and I will spew you out of my mouth. We got to be going forward in some capacity. So don't let self-doubt creep into your own life. Number four. I told you these were quick. A pastor can, yes. Anyways, but number four, do it even when you don't feel like it. Do it even when you don't feel like it. Read your Bible when you don't feel like it. Get up and get active when you don't feel like it. Wake up early and have a new discipline of getting up early. Uh, going to bed on time. You, you might go, oh, well, that, why should I go to bed on time? I got nothing to do. Hey, just make, make a healthy habit. Get a healthy habit. Uh, my, my passage there, Romans 5, 3 through 4, says, Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Friend, you got to keep going. you got to keep going. I like CrossFit. I do it in my backyard uh, by myself. My, Katie's into it too now. Um, and so I do burpees and uh, I do just weird workouts. It's awesome. Like yesterday was 10 burpees, then 10 burpees, 25 push-ups, then 10 burpees, 25 push-ups, uh, 50 lunges, then 10 burpees. 20, anyways, you don't need to know all my story. But that's, I, I just like it. I think it's fun. It's enjoyable. It's competitive. I try to get faster and better. But CrossFit has a quote and it says it like this. No matter how slow you go, you're still lapping everyone on the couch. No matter how slow you go, you're still lapping everyone on the couch. And that could be a metaphorical couch of people that are in their spiritual life, that they're just sitting there and they're doing nothing and they want a different life, but they're just sitting here and they're going, oh, I'm just sitting here, I'm I'm not doing anything. Hey friend, maybe you should just get up and get active because you're doing better than the person next to you and it's not a competition against somebody else, but it's a faithfulness thing. It's a consistent thing that when you go and you stay consistently doing something, that you, you you all of a sudden, great things can take place because you're consistent. Even when you don't feel like it. There are days where I do not want to get up and go work out. But you know what? There are also days where you probably don't want to go to your job, but what do you do? Because you need the paycheck. You get up and go. Well, those healthy habits that you have, that you create, when you do it, even when you don't want to do it, when I don't want to work out, but I end up doing it, I think I'm I'm better because of it. I've I've, I've broken a glass ceiling that I created in my own brain where I can't do it when it's cold outside or when I'm tired. Um, Friends, you have to go and you have to be consistent. So do it even when no one else is doing it. So no matter how slow you go, you're still lapping everyone on the couch. If you don't take anything away from this, take that away. And number five, number five, improve your consistency to consistently improve. Improve your consistency to consistently improve. Philippians 3.14 says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And many of us have gone through um, life doing the same thing over and over and we expect a different result. And that's Einstein's definition of insanity. And us as a church, we desire that you will be successful 
We try to set you up for success. We try to set you up so that you can, we have this beautiful mural, mural in the back, know God, find freedom, discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. We desire that you do that. And so what we want to do is we like to create benchmarks in your own life of where you're at. And I'd be, I wouldn't be, a, uh, I don't feel like I'd do you justice as your pastor if I didn't talk about some real honest things. Right? In a few weeks, we're going to talk about sex. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about marriage. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about dating. It, it does us no good as a church to go and put our heads in the sand from time to time. Right? We need to address some things. And so what we need to do is we need to consistently improve on the regular basis. We need to consistently improve. And so you have to make that choice to consistently improve. And that's why we have that. Know God. Maybe some of you today just need to know God. That's all you need to do. You just need to know Jesus. You, you, you don't need to go and, and worry so much about this Bible and worry, I mean, I mean the, the whole premise of this is that you'll find freedom, but you're, you, you feel, you've felt condemned your whole life because you don't meet up, you, don't, you haven't met the benchmark that other people have set on your life. Well, friend, God is saying, I just want to know you. I'm not worried about how, how much you do devotions, how much you pray. What I'm more concerned about is your heart because he's standing at the door and he's knocking. And he's a gentleman. He's not going to kick his way in. He's going to sit back and he's going to wait patiently for you to open the door. So maybe some of you today just need to know God. Maybe some of you need to join a connect group to find some freedom. That you need to take off the mask. We believe that, that you need to just take off the mask and be vulnerable and honest. I oftentimes say it. Don't be vulnerable on Facebook. It's not a good place to be vulnerable. Because people can go and they can put you on blast. But in a connect group, it's in the privacy of someone's home. And you can go and you can pray with them. And you can, be, you can be confident in who they are. I've had some great conversations in connect groups because people are willing to take off the mask. And they're saying, this is what I'm struggling with. And what this is, as, as I'm struggling with this, I can get real and honest. And you know what? I can say, hey, friend, I've been there. And you know what? There's times where I've said, I'm struggling. And they say, you know what? I've been there. And it's funny. Because when we get together, all of a sudden, there's a bond that we have. There's a, a, com a community that we have that we can face things. Uh, maybe some of you need to discover your purpose. You need to go to the next steps immediately following the service. It's only going to be, this one's the shortest next step. So if you just want to try it out, come to it. It's only takes, it'll only take me about 10 minutes to talk about what we're talking about in 401. I encourage you, go to next steps. Some of you need to find that out. And some of you need to make a difference. You need to get on a team. You need to find purpose, so you need to get on a team here at Trinity. And the way that you do that is you go to next steps, so that you can get on a team. And really, I, I think that, that when you put uh, God first, the rest is blessed. When you put God first, the rest is blessed. And, and, and really, um, for me, um, the way I became a pastor, I believe, is I had a call of God on my life at 16. But what ended up happening was, uh, I went and was a youth pastor for a few years, which is awesome. I learned how hard ministry was. That 18 month is a legit thing. Um, and so I was there. I outlasted. I went 24. <laughs> but um, I served in ministry, and it was really hard. And then I moved back, and we got married. And what I did was I didn't know if ministry would be in my life ever again. I, I knew it would be, I, I believe that you need to have a ministry in the church uh, and a mission in the world. But... Um, I didn't know if I'd be in vocational ministry again. And so what I did is I just I went to my local church and I was just consistently faithful. I served in my local church. I served, you know, on a parking team. I drove, I, I held an umbrella for people. I'd pray for people. I'd pick up trash on the floor. I just started serving. I was consistent. And I believe that what, what God sees when you are in secret, when you're in secret doing the faithful things that God is doing in your life, when you are consistent in that, God sees that and he rewards you for your faithfulness. 
It's biblical truth. That's true. That's fundamental truth. When you are consistent in your faith that God rewards that. And so I didn't know if I'd ever be a pastor again. But next thing I know, I get a phone call from Pastor Rich saying, hey, would you be willing to come to San Diego? I'm like, hello, it's San Diego. But I need to go and I need to pray and I need to make sure it's right. And you know what's funny? Is because of my faithfulness and my consistency in my local church. What I believe is God saw that and he goes, I can trust that young man with a body of believers. I can trust that young man that he's going to pray. I can trust that young man that he can be uh, surrounded by amazing founding pastors. I can trust that young man to pray for the elderly. I can trust that young man to create a, a ministry called Night to Shine. I can trust that young man to, to do things like vibrant lives. I can trust him. And you know what? It's still a process of faith. I haven't completed it. 